Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome to church, guys. I hope you're well um, this morning. How to thrive in the days ahead. Part number four. It's 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 quite strange that we are here. I, I'm actually shocked that I find myself here because, like I said from the onset, when I started this particular conversation, it was meant to be a one-week thing. Um, but I know, I know, you know, I don't know everything, but I know a little bit from the move of God and the you know the impulses of the Spirit upon my heart that when the Spirit of God stays on the matter, it's because there is you know there is relevance. And there is relevance, obviously, concerning this issue. So I've had to stay here and expand it and expand it and expand it and make sure that I do a thorough job. Once I feel that emphasis lift, I will move on. I will move on. How to thrive in the days ahead, part number four. The premise of this entire conversation, right? This entire conversation is based on the premise that seasons need to be discerned. And when you discern a season, you need to deploy the right tools for every season. Otherwise you will misuse or you will not get the best of every season. Or as a matter of fact, you can suffer some setback because you were not adequately, not just prepared, but equipped for the seasons. That's the premise of the entire conversation we've been having in the past four weeks thereabout. It's the fact that seasons and times were, you know, were initiated by God. It was God's idea. And we are going into a season which we have defined from scripture prophetically. We've established what the season ahead looks like. And we've said that you and I have the capacity to thrive in every season. And some of the things, the tools that we need in our toolbox to be able to thrive in the season that is ahead of us, we've started to talk about those things. We talked about discernment. We talked about joy. We've talked about peace. I want to talk about strength. I don't believe I'm going to go into wisdom, but I say that now, not knowing what the Spirit of God will do during the week, but I don't believe I will go into wisdom. There is another dimension I'll probably want to touch on next week, but today I want to touch on strength, how to build strength. So if I say to you that you need to have discernment in the season ahead, you need to have joy, you need to have peace, you need to have strength, and I don't tell you how to build or to have these things in your life, then I haven't helped you very much, right? I've just given you a bunch of information and left you to go fend for yourselves, but no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm going to try my best to give you practical tips on how to actually build strength. And I said strength is not external strength. It's not muscles. It's internal. It's inner strength. It's strength of spirit, as the Bible calls it, strength of spirit. Strength of spirit. You know, when you, when you read um, 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse number 32, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, the Bible tells us about the sons of Issachar. All right. Issachar was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. All right. We have Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Asher, Gad, Issachar, Naphtali, Zebulon, Benjamin, Joseph. Those are the 12 tribes of Israel. Issachar was one of the 12 tribes. And the Bible says about Issachar in this scripture, 1 Chronicles 12 and 32, that the sons of Issachar, the men of Issachar, they had understanding of the times. In other words, they were able to discern seasons. But not only that, they also knew what Israel ought to do. That is exactly what we've been talking about the past few weeks, having an understanding, all right, a perfect understanding of the seasons of life that we are going into as a people, but also not only as a people, but in your life. You need to discern the seasons your family is going into. And not only that, but they knew what Israel ought to do. I bring that scripture up to say something, and it's this, it's that out of the 12 tribes of Israel, there was just one tribe that had this particular skill set. Think about that. If it was common, because by the way, when you read the context of that scripture, it's talking about David's mighty men and all the different men and the different men of different tribes that came to David, the particular skill sets that they brought to the table. But these guys called the sons of Issachar, they didn't really talk too much about their warfare dimension. He talked about the fact that they had understanding of times and they knew what Israel ought to do. They knew that this season was a season to anoint a king from Judah. And they knew that David had to be made king. They had understanding of the times. They knew what Israel ought to do. But the Bible, stay with me, is a very prophetic book. 
the Bible is so prophetic. I can't go into all that today, but the Bible is really prophetic to, to, to the end that if one in 12 understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do, I can take that and apply that to the modern day Christian church or the modern day church and say that probably just one in 12 Christians know the seasons or are capable of discerning seasons and knowing what needs to be done. Some people probably discern the seasons, but they don't know what needs to be done. So they have discernment, but they don't have wisdom. All right. But the sons of Issachar, one in 12, what's that from math, math point of view? That's about 8%. That's 8% ish, right? One in 12, only one in 12 know the season and know what Israel ought to do. And that's the same thing in the church today, the body of Christ. Many people in the body of Christ, many Christians, tongue speaking, tongue talking, all right, team serving. Christians cannot discern seasons and they don't know what needs to be done. So my job is to try to, you know, rig that equation a little bit and give us more favorable numbers. All right, let's change the ratio. Let's ensure that every member of Lighthouse Church has an understanding of the times and also knows what they ought to do in the seasons of life that they're going into. Can I see an amen? Amen. Amen. Strength. Strength. You understand from the physical point of view that strength is required if you're going to move something or to push something. You need strength to push or to move something. If you need to move something, you need to apply strength. And of course, the weight that you're able to move or shift is a function of the strength that you have. You need strength to lift something, not just to push, but also if you're going to lift something. Um, I have a little podium here. If I was to lift it up, it's a function of strength. I can assure you that my kids can't lift it up because they don't have that level of strength. So strength also determines, strength is required not just to push, strength is required to lift, to lift, to lift. Strength is required to also resist, resist. All right, so if there is pressure or force that's been applied um, <laughs> upon you, you need strength to resist. I, I, I'm thinking about um, like tug of war, right? When you're being pulled, you need strength to be able to resist the pull, to resist the pull. So strength is required to push. Strength is required to lift. Strength is required to resist. And the same exact thing applies in the spirit. The amount of spiritual strength you have determines what you can move spiritually. The amount of spiritual strength you have determines what you can lift spiritually. And the amount of spiritual strength you have determines what you can actually resist spiritually same exact concept and so when you think about push or moving things there are certain things in your life that must be pushed they don't need to be lifted they need to be pushed obstacles the bible talks about mountains that you can speak to mountains and they would move you need to move obstacles and it requires the strength of the spirit to be able to move certain things some of you based on the strength you have now you can move certain things however there are certain obstacles that would come before you that you know that you don't have the strength to move. And that's why strength is important. That's why we need to continue to build strength because you require strength to push. You require strength to move certain things. Demons need to be moved. You don't kill demons. You relocate them. All right. The Bible teaches us that we cast them out. So basically what you're doing is that you're moving a demon. All right. Strength is required. To move. I know some of you say, well, is it not just the name of Jesus we need to, to move demons? It's true. You need the name of Jesus. You need the blood. But have you not ever heard of people who are Christians who you have a dream and you're screaming Jesus in the dream and yet the demon or the, you know, the oppressor is still pressing you down. You wake up from your sleep. You've lost your voice because you've been screaming the whole night, Jesus, yet you were still being oppressed. Okay. All right. So don't, you know, we, we're graduating from the elementary doctrines now. Okay. Where we say, just shout Jesus. Everything should be fine. Yeah, it's true. But there is an import, <laughs> all right, with the name of Jesus carries by itself. There is also something in the authority of your spirit that speaks to what you can shift and what you can shift with ease. All right. Um, <laughs> what you can shift with ease. I heard a story about uh, a guy um, who's a man of God, a man of God. He's an apostle, actually. Um, very anointed man of God. He was preaching somewhere, went preaching in a particular place and, you know, in his zeal, he just made a pronouncement. I cursed the principalities over this region and something, you know, some of those. 
an overzealous pronouncement. All right. In the name of Jesus, I curse all the principalities. I bring them down. All right. And apparently, you know, the principality visited him at night, um, uh, and 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 for for weeks he was not normal. He didn't get himself. He was he was confused. He was under <laughs> the principality visited him and said, "Well, you were cursing me now. Let's have a conversation." And he was he wasn't himself. So he went to his spiritual father and said, "Look, I, I'm in trouble. You know, I don't know what happened to me, but this is what I've been going through." So the man asked him, "Where did you go? And what did you say?" He said, this is what happened, and this is what I said. So the man laughed at him, you know, basically saying, you, you're busy more than you can chew. The man held his hand and spoke, spoke a tongue, a tongue, singular tongue, and immediately he was set free. You see that? So he didn't have the power to move that obstacle, but there was a particular person who he knew that had strength to move. So strength is required to move obstacles. Strength is required to shift certain situations in our lives. You will come in contact with something. That requires strength to shift. I can assure you. All right. Strength is also required, like I said, to lift. Lift. And this is a bit, let me explain this one a little bit. To lift. There's a difference between shifting and lifting. Shifting is you move aside so you can go. Lifting is vertical. You have to actually lift something. And there are certain things that must be lifted. For example, Psalms 24, verse 7. The Bible says, lift up your head, O ye gates. One, gates must be lifted. Number two. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Everlasting doors must be lifted, and then the King of Glory can come in. So there are gates in your life that you must lift. There are everlasting doors in your life that you must lift. You must lift. All right. Gates speak to authorities in the spirit. Gates um, and everlasting doors also speak to ancient ancient things, things that are familial, things that are generational, things that have passed on from one generation to another generation, and it requires a person of strength to lift it up. There are certain things that you must lift. Um, for example, you must also lift up your head. You must lift up your head. You must lift up your head. If you read the book of um, Zechariah, I think it's Zechariah chapter one, the Bible talks about um, the later part of that, of that, of that chapter, it talks about four horns that scattered Judah. And he says that he asked the Lord, the encounter, he asked the Lord that, what are these horns? He says, these are the four horns that have scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. In other words, if the, if from a spiritual point of view, the metaphoric representation of a person who cannot lift up their head is a person who cannot maximize potential, is a person whose glory cannot shine, is a person who cannot fulfill destiny. The Bible says that these are the horns that scatter Judah. Zechariah 1 and verse number 21, it says, the reason why these horns have scattered Judah, you need to read the context, obviously, is so that no one could lift up his head. There are many of us Maybe in our families, maybe even in your life, you are struggling to lift up your head. You are struggling for visibility. You are struggling to find expression. You are struggling to hit your strides. You are struggling. You know there is potential on the inside of you. You know you're carrying something, but you are not capable of lifting up your head. You have tried, but you haven't been able to lift up your head. You need strength to lift up your head, to lift up your head. You know, the Bible tells us about a story of a woman who's an Israelite woman. Comes into the temple. The Bible says that for 13 years, she was bowed over. She could in no wise lift up her head, the Bible says. And that's a, that was a physical condition, obviously, what wrong with her spine. But it also is symbolic of the, Christian, the spiritual condition of certain Christians, where you're not able to lift up your head. You're not able to, to shine. Um, and I'm not talking about shining in vanity. I'm talking about shining in line with destiny because the Bible says that we are the light of the world. The Bible says, arise, shine, because your light has come. The glory of God is risen upon you. So if you're not able to shine, you're not able to find expression, you're not able to find room for manifestation, it's because your head is bowed down. Psalm 3 verse 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul that there is no help for him in God. Verse 3 says, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. Your head needs to be lifted up. Hmm. I can't stay here, but as I was praying, meditating about this, I feel like many of us, your head needs to be lifted up. I know what it means for your head to be lifted up. And I know what it means for your head not to be lifted up. Your head 
needs to be lifted up. And I pray for you, if you're listening to me right now, that God will start to give you the strength to lift up your head in the name of Jesus Christ, that your glory, your destiny, your you will find expression, you will find manifestation in the name of Jesus. When Joseph lifted up his head, he found himself in the palace. Your head will be lifted up in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And strength is required to resist. Of course, the Bible says, James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he would flee from you. The enemy we have needs to be resisted. That's the language of the scripture. When Peter was talking, because <laughs> Peter knew from experience, he said, resist him steadfastly. All right? So you must resist. And you need strength if you must resist. You need strength. As a matter of fact, in some seasons, you need strength for protracted resistance. You need strength to stay. All right, and resist over a period, over a season until you see the victory. You need strength to resist the adversary, the enemy. You obviously need strength to resist temptation. Temptation must also be resisted. Whenever we fall into temptation, the reason why is because we lack strength. I've said that many times. Anytime, anytime you fall into temptation where you were tempted, you know that this is temptation <laughs> and you fell into temptation. The reason why is because you lack strength. No other reason. No other reason. It's not because the devil was too strong. It's not because the appeal. Because the Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. All right? It's because you've lacked the strength. You've lacked the strength. All right? So how do we build spiritual strength? How do I build my spiritual strength? How many of you want to know how to build spiritual strength? How do I build strength in the spirit? Please pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm going to teach you very simple principles, but please pay attention to the power behind it. Sometimes the simplicity of the gospel is the power of the gospel. Okay? That's what Paul was saying in the Corinthian church. They like complex revelations. When they come, they start talking about the ancient stars and the alignment of the moon with the heavens and all this crap. And <laughs> Paul was like, look, look here, guys, all you intellectuals. The simplicity of the gospel is the power of the gospel. Is that Jesus died. He rose. Paid a price for our sins. By his blood, we are free. All right? So listen to me. Pay attention. How do I build spiritual strength? First thing you must understand about strength is that strength is built over time. Strength is built over time because growth happens over time. So let me give you an example. If you plant the seed of a tree today, you come back maybe in about three or four days, it germinates. It's a little thing. It's a little thing. It's like two green leaves and a tiny stem. Literally a baby, like literally a newborn baby that was just born. If he places his hand on it, he's going to crush it. Has no stamina, has no stature, doesn't have enough roots, doesn't have enough stem in itself. All right. And that's what happens when you give your heart to Christ. You're a newborn babe. Bible actually says that as newborn babes, you desire the sincere milk. It doesn't say meat. Milk of the word as babes. You don't continue to desire milk. However, if you are 45 years old and all you eat is cereal, <laughs> the Lord will have mercy on you. Something is not right with that picture. Is what God was just trying to say. So, you, you know, you planted a seed. It starts to grow. The first couple of days, anybody, you can just, just flick it. It's dead. Right? Come back after a week, it's a little bit, has more stature, all right? It's still weak. Two-year-old boy can still root it out. Come back after a month, okay? Now you require a little bit more strength. You can still pull it out. It's still, yeah, it's still, but come back after five years. And then this thing that you saw now is a mighty oak tree that you can climb on and sit upon, and it would carry your weight and sustain your weight for as long as you stay upon it. Because it doesn't, it, it has grown over time. That's the exact way it is also with growth in our spirit. When you give your heart to Jesus, you're still, you're, you're your faith is shaky. All right? There are things you're struggling with. As you grow, over time, you gain more stature. You have more strength. So naturally, with growth comes strength. Naturally, with spiritual growth comes spiritual strength. And this is assuming, by the way, that growth is happening over time. And so that means that the basics, I'm not talking about anything extraordinary. 
I'm talking about the very basics of our Christian work, which is prayers, you know, not any extraordinary prayers, just basic prayers, just basic reading your Bible, just basically listening to sermon, being part of a local church. Over time, you will grow. That's why there are things that you used to do when you give your heart to Jesus. And you thought you would never be able to stop doing them. But today, you cannot even remember that you once did those things. I had those in my life. I told you my story many times. Hopping around in clubs, you know, the kind of music I listened to and all that stuff. I never thought I would ever be able to, to, to you know, to grow past those things. But as I started to gain strength, I did not even know when I put those things aside by myself. So strength is built over time because growth happens over time happens over time and so naturally speaking you see a baby all right baby's not very strong as you grow you grow you know he's two months old he gets stronger three months six months he's stronger four months i mean ten months one year two years becomes a toddler they're stronger go become a teenager you become stronger obviously we know that the peak of your strength physically speaking is in your youth because the bible says the glory of the youth is their strength but naturally speaking a teenager should be stronger than a toddler if you see a toddler that is whooping a teenager, you know that that's a very big problem. It's either that's, that toddler is on steroids or the teenager is, you know, something is wrong somewhere. That picture doesn't look right. And that's the same idea with your spiritual life. As you grow, just the basics, I'm not talking of anything, just the basics of our faith. Like I said, you come to church, you read your Bible, you understand the Word of God more, you're praying and all those things, you will grow and you will grow and you will gain strength. So we're talking about so that's why it's important for people to know God at a young age. There's value in knowing the Lord early. I promise you, there's value in knowing the Lord early. You know, you know, <laughs> I've heard people say things like, you know, for me to go to heaven, all I have to say is I confess Jesus as my Lord. Right? I have to just believe in God. And so I wait till I'm like 70. I've enjoyed life. I've had like seven wives from different continents, you know. I've enjoyed my life. I've done everything fun. I've been a wild guy, wild dude. And then when I'm 70 and I know that I'm close to my grave, I would just say I confess Jesus and I, I would live for Jesus for like five, seven years and then I'll die and go to heaven. Now, <laughs> listen to me. There is value in knowing the Lord early. I've never met a person who said, I wish I knew God later. I have met many people. As a matter of fact, almost everybody who's working with God today will say, I wish I started working with God earlier in my life. Yeah. You never meet someone who says, oh, I wish, I wish I really had a chance to enjoy my life before I met the Lord. If you're really working with God, you understand that there's a difference. It's night and day. For me, I met the Lord at 20. I wish I started at 16 or 15, whenever I had consciousness of, you know, of him, maybe at 12. I wish I started early. I wish I started early. So strength is built over time. But then pay attention. This is where, the, this is where we, we start to separate the boys from the men. You can have two boys or two, let's use ladies, please, because I don't want an email. You can have two ladies who are maybe, um, let's take an age, 18, they're 18 years old. Both of them are 18 years old. So obviously they've had the same amount of time on the earth. They've grown on the earth, but you can find one to be stronger than the other. You can find someone who is 18 and another person who's 18, yet there is a world of difference in the amount of strength that they have. Why? 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 One of the reasons why that could possibly happen is because of genetics. <laughs> in the sense that you have some people, maybe their family, they're just naturally strong. They have big bones. They're bulky people, whatever. That could happen. And so you see someone, you say, wow, these people don't look, you see an 18-year-old, this one looks really, you know, maybe really, really lanky. You see this one, looks really built, really strong. And they haven't done anything. It's just the way their family, their genetics, that's how they just shape out, all right? But that doesn't apply in this case because we all have the same father. Our genetics, our genetic composition is the same. You and I have the same father. We have the same DNA. The genetic component does not play, does not factor in here. However, what can factor in is diet. So if you see two people and you see this all the time, you see kids in refugee camps, you see teenage boys in refugee camps, and you see how skinny they look. You see that they can't even stand. They're lying down on the floor. Bones and their ribs are all showing all out. And you see the same age of a kid, maybe in Canada or the U.S. or near the first world countries, and you see this one looking robust and, you know, buoyant and doing so well and flourishing. Even though they're the same age, you can see that there's a big difference. And that can happen spiritually as well. You can have people who are spiritually malnourished. 
if your diet is not right, you will not grow as you ought to grow. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If what you consume, because your diet is what you consume, if you don't have the right diet, it's very possible that you can have the age, the spiritual age, but you are not able to compare with someone of the same spiritual age who's able to do much more spiritually because your diet has never been the same. So this one woke up in the morning, he'd been having cereal, then he would have sausages, and then he would have uh, fruit for dessert, and then he'll go to school, they'll have a snack, and then they'll have a proper lunch, and then they'll have a snack, and then they'll have a dinner. And then you have one child who is growing up in another, another part of the world or in, in under different circumstances, let's put it that way, who gets one meal a week. You can never compare the strength of those two. The reason why is because of their diet, what they consume, their nourishment is different, their nutritional um, what they ingest is different. So I'm saying that to you to say this, that if you want to be strong in spirit, you have to pay attention to your diet. You have to pay attention to what you consume. Two people can be the same age and have varying degrees of strength. Your diet is what you consume. And you have to pay attention to your diet in three things. Number one is in quantity. Number two is in quality. Number three is in balance. The quantity the quality and the balance of your diet. So let me start by saying, talking about the quantity. If you are, <laughs> you know what fasting is, or you're rationing your food, sometimes you, you start eating smaller portions of food. Um, people say it's healthy now to eat more, you know, more meals, but have smaller portions and stuff like that. But the quantity of what you consume, all right? And when I talk about consumption, I'm talking about the word of God, all right, I'm talking about things that spiritually edify you. The quantity factors into how strong you become. You cannot be overfed spiritually. All right, It factors into your strength. But not just the quantity, the quality. The quality of what you, <laughs> of what you take in. So there's a time for you to listen to elementary doctrines. And Peter started to talk to the people. And he says, look, you guys should be teachers by now. How are we still teaching you the elementary things of the, of the gospel? The, the quality of of what you ingest has to change. And this is where the Bible, you know, actually talks about pastors and shepherds. The Bible talks about shepherds saying that the first job of a pastor is not to hug you when you're sick. The first job of a pastor is to feed you. The Bible says, I will give you shepherds, Jeremiah chapter 3. I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you. Peter, do you love me? Jesus asked Peter. He says, yes. He said, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter said, bro, you know I love you. He said, feed my lamb, right? It's about the quality of what you're fed. And so you need to diagnose for yourself, are you being fed quality or are you ingesting quality? And for yourself, how you study your Bible, how you meditate on the word of God, I assure you that meditation is a better quality than reading. And it's a better quality than studying. So studying is better than reading, obviously, in terms of quality of what you're taking in. Meditation is even stronger better quality than what you study. So practicing meditation in the word of God, all right? Reading the Bible, copious amounts of the Bible, listening to sermons in large numbers or large volumes is important for your spiritual growth. I assure you it's important for your spiritual growth. And of course, I talked about balance and that's about balanced diet. And so you see Christians who everything they know is deliverance because every sermon they hear is about deliverance. That's not good. You are not going to grow. You are not going to grow if all you eat is fruit. Fruit is good, but if all you eat every day is fruit, no carbs, no proteins, no, no fats, none of that stuff, you will not be strong. You will not be strong. I remember sometimes, you know, you go on a long fast, sometimes maybe it's 21-day fast, and, you know, I say, okay, I'm going to just do fruits for 21 days. Man, in 21 days, I look like a toothpick. I'm so skinny. I'm like, but I've been eating fruits, man. <laughs> I've been eating. My wife is like, you haven't been eating. I'm like, I've been eating fruits. She's like, yeah, look at your ribs. You know, you need balance in your diet. You cannot go, you know, all you listen to cannot be prosperity. All you listen to cannot be um, faith. All you listen to cannot be healing. You know, you need balance. You need portions of everything to be a balanced Christian and to grow and to be strong. So you need to look at what you ingest, what you consume. 
are you deliberate about your diet you know you think about people who do training and all that these guys actually they have a specific kind of diet if you're trying to build muscle you're trying to build strength they even take like protein shakes and these other supplements to help them are you taking supplements or all you hear is the one sermon you hear on sunday and the next time you hear a sermon is the next sunday that is not good that is not healthy you will not be strong it's not enough as a matter of fact let me say i make bold to say this to you it makes pastors feel less but i'm very comfortable feeling less okay i want you to be to be accurate if the primary source of your spiritual growth is what you hear from the pulpit on sundays you are a babe the job of the pulpit on sunday is just to supplement the copious amounts of study that you've already taken in and everybody listen to me very carefully everybody will get to their to a point in their walk with god where no matter the church they go no matter who the pastor they listen to every sunday is they're going to feel like they've heard it before they're going to feel like i'm i'm, I'm tired of this word i mean these are things that i already know that's when you know that you're growing if every time you come to church it's whoa whoa that's oh so brand new yeah it might make the pastor feel good and it's good to say sprinkles once in a bit once in a while but that doesn't mean he means that he hasn't helped you to grow church is for church is your top up church cannot be what your entire growth is built on it cannot be it cannot sustain you that way all right so make sure you're taking in the word make sure you're reading the bible make sure you're studying the word of god make sure that you are meditating on the word make sure you're listening to sermons and all that when god starts to talk to joshua joshua chapter one joshua takes up the mantle of leadership for israel a massive job huge responsibility and god starts to tell him listen joshua you will succeed but the only thing i need you to do is you need to be strong and courageous you need to have strength inner strength you need to be strong he tells him multiple times in that chapter god tells joshua to be strong and courageous at least three times only be strong only be strong and then we we now understand how god expected joshua to be strong because in joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 god said to him this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth your mouth diet your mouth for you will meditate in it day and night morning and evening that's what day and night means okay day and night in other words all the time that's that's a metaphor for all the time in bible speak by the way so that you might observe to do all that is written in it then 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 he says then you he didn't say i will make your way prosperous no he says then you joshua then you bishop or you uh, michelle or you rebecca you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success how this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth the prophet said that your words i did eat and they were like honey to my soul this book of the law so god is telling joshua be strong be strong be strong and sure joshua is wondering so how exactly am i supposed to be strong how am i supposed to walk in the shoes of moses tell me god okay what are, what's your bright idea god tells him this book of the law will never depart out of your mouth you shall meditate in it day and night then you will make your way prosperous you would have good success so your, your 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 diet is important what you feed on is important there is a place for feel good sermons there is a place for that and i'm telling you because i talk about balance right there's a place for that there's also a place for strong meats the bible actually says that strong meat belongs to those who are mature christians Okay? There is a diet that can no longer sustain you at a particular age. When, when kids, eat, you know, <laughs> when kids hit that age of uh, the teenage years, especially if they are boys, they start to eat like as if they are possessed. And you need to understand that the reason why is because what they were eating before cannot sustain the growth and where they are in their stage of life. There are some things you need to, con you need to consume a very balanced diet. So study holiness, listen to sermons on praise and worship, listen to sermons on deliverance and demons listen to sermons on the holy spirit listen to sermons on consecration you have to be well-rounded some people if i ask for a sermon on you know on prosperity you can give me 10 sermons on prosperity if i ask for a sermon on consecration you can give me none 
It means you're not balanced and it means that your growth, you have a deformed growth. All right. So spiritual growth, two people, same age, but there's something different. What's different is their diet. Also, you can have two people that are the same age and yet there is something different and their diet is not the difference. They eat the same thing. They're the same age, same genetic composition, yet you find that this one is much stronger than this one. Another element is exercise or your workout schedule. All right. Spiritual disciplines is what I'm talking about when I talk about exercise. Exercise. If you go to the gym, these guys who go to the gym, they start talking about things like reps, all right, and sets and things like that. Put you through reps and sets. There is a regimen that they follow. There is a consistency to it. Over and above what you guys eat together, over and above the fact that you're the same age, over and above the fact that you have the same DNA, if one person is committed to working out and building strength in the gym, that person will be stronger. It's the same thing with our faith. There are reps and there are sets that we must go through. There are reps that we must go through. There must be habits and spiritual disciplines that we must have to accelerate our growth. So yeah, you grow naturally because you're growing older. You grow naturally because you eat right. But if you want to accelerate your growth, you want to do something over and above that so that you can have more strength to lift things, to push things, and to resist stuff, you need to work out. You need to work out. Spiritual disciplines. So at the gym, for example, they say you're going to do, let's say, 15 reps of a particular exercise. Maybe today is arm day. These gym guys are so complicated. I don't know what happens to just lifting weights. Today's arms, today's legs, today's back, today's core, all that. Today's neck, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> you do 15, you do 15 reps, and then you rest, and then you come back and you do 15 reps. Okay, that's the second set, and then you rest. You come back for a third set, you do 15 reps. There is consistency. There's a reason why they do reps and sets. It's been proven that that's how you build strength over time. And you do it consistently. You do it consistently. You do it consistently. And so same thing with your spiritual disciplines. You cannot have a haphazard approach to your spiritual life. No, no. You need to have this idea of reps and sets in your life. Spiritual disciplines. Fasting. I know we don't like that one. Fasting. I mean, Paul said in fastings, often okay prayer and now i'm not talking about the basic one for basic growth like i talked about you know just the elementary type i'm talking about prayer real prayer prevailing prayers your study of the word reps and sets all right praying in tongues i'm talking about spiritual disciplines now exercises that we can both be christians we give our heart to christ the same time we have the same diet. We go to the same church. So we eat the same thing. So supposedly. All right. <laughs> Even though how you eat matters also. But let's assume we have the same level of faith. We're taking in the same stuff. Yet you find one stronger than the other. Why? Because this one, he's doing reps and sets. This one, every night from 10 to 12 p.m. midnight, he's praying daily. Does not miss his prayer time. Because this one has a fasting habit. Where maybe every Wednesday is his fasting day. Because this one has a habit of meditation on the word maybe maybe this one has a group of people that they pray together every other day there are things you must do deliberately to build your spiritual strength and these are your spiritual disciplines i have them if you want to last in christian in, in your walk with god you must have them some of them are designed some of mine are designed to depend on other people because i know that this walk is not meant to be something you walk by yourself your spiritual disciplines matter so that you can be strong. We talk about the fact that the least amongst us will be as strong as David. But the spiritual disciplines you go through, you're not doing it. You know, when, when, you, when you see a boxer, you see them training for a fight. When, they want, when they're training for a fight, you see different. They wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, they run up mountains, they tie like resistance bands to themselves, they tie weights to their, to their hips, and then they try to pull. They've, you know, they, the, the, the training, the routine is so regimented. It's so... It's insane. But the reason why that person is doing that is because he knows that I have to face an opponent in the ring. Let me tell you this. There is a fight coming up. 
<laughs> there is a day of battle. The funny thing about us is that we don't know what that day is. There's no announcement. There's no pay-per-view. There is <laughs> UFC, whatever number now, coming up. And there is an audience, the host of heaven. There's an audience, the, the host of darkness. Let's see what stuff you're made of. And many of us, when the bell rings, we realize, uh-oh, I'm in the ring. Oh, let me do some push-ups. Uh, let, let me call pastor. Well, at that point, the enemy's already, he's already, he's been waiting for you. So you're a boxer who's forgotten the day of your fight. That's what happens. And so you just sleep, you just become flabby. <laughs> I'm following the NBA and then they're, now they're starting to mock some NBA players that they're overweight and they're out of shape and all this stuff. Look, do not be out of shape spiritually. It's a dangerous place to be. It means that when you need to lift something, you will not be able to lift something. When you need to move something, you will not be able to move it. When you need to resist, you will not be able to resist. Your spiritual disciplines are important. Put a schedule together. And if you know you cannot keep your schedule, hold yourself accountable. Tie yourself to people. Listen to me. The first seven days of every month, every single month, the first seven days of every month, I'm fasting. And I'm praying with a group of people from 12 to 1 a.m. every day. Now, we don't miss. As a matter of fact, that prayer meeting is on Zoom. We lock you out if you're not waiting five minutes. So 11.55, if you're not on at 11.55, we will lock you out. Yes, I'm not lying. This is a fact. <laughs> Pastor is in that prayer group. Pastor PK, he'll be here next week. He will tell you. It's a fact. Why? We hold ourselves accountable and we pray. And we pray and we pray together. So that's a rep. Okay, that's that's a that's a set. Or you know, and we do it every month. The cadence would never change, no matter what it is. I'm traveling a lot of times on the road. I'm I'm doing it. We're doing it. Why? To ensure that you are spiritually fit at all times. You need to have spiritual disciplines. So let me ask you, what are your spiritual disciplines? And I know some of you don't have, but you need to start thinking about it. What spiritual disciplines can I put around my life? Spiritual disciplines involves also my consumption of, um, of, of sermons, of the word. Apart from my, my own word study, I consume sermons at an alarming rate. All right? There's no week. There's no week I wouldn't have gone through at least four sermons. There's just no week. Most times I want to do one a day, but sometimes I can't, but at least four a day. Why? Not because I don't have anything to preach. By the grace of God, I'm called to teach. So even if I pick up a, a verse in the, on Sunday morning, I have something to say. But it's because I'm, I'm eating for strength, not to teach. Do you understand that? I'm eating for strength. I'm eating for strength. Your reps are important. Fasting. Fasting. Um, you know, what fasting does, obviously, is that fasting subdues your flesh so that your spirit can be strong. I heard someone was telling me, um, some, 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 someone was telling me a story story sometime at some point um someone i know and and the person was saying that you know there was a particular time that they were fasting god the holy spirit just said to them go on a fast and started fasting without food only water it was i think this person was 19 days into the fast 19 days without food the holy spirit didn't tell him why and on day 19 a woman walked into his office locked the door and said, today you must sleep with me. True story. Yeah. Today you must sleep with me. Locked the door behind herself. Now, I'm not saying it's the fasting that saved him, but I guarantee you, <laughs> if he hadn't been fasting, that would have been the day. He would have slept with that lady. So what I'm trying to say to you is that you don't know the day of battle. So he was obviously able to stand and you know, God gave him wisdom. He avoided that situation. But God knew that you, there's a battle in, in front. So take your take your journey now so that your flesh is dead by the time you get there. The reason why we fall into temptation, the reason why we say, oh, I just slipped and fell into temptation, <laughs> because we're not strong. All of us. Lord will have mercy on you. So take it seriously. What are your spiritual disciplines? Whenever I feel like I am, I'm flattened out a little bit, I feel like I have plateaued. I haven't, I haven't broken through spiritually in a while. I, I just take a week off work. And I know people are like, oh, I take a week off work. I'm going on vacation. I take a week off. Listen, when I take a week off work, for vacation is for vacation. That, 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 that exists. And I, I think you should when you need to. I take a week off work. And I, I go on this. I have this, this, this um, schedule that I run. I say, 
every six hours i would pray for one hour so from 12 a.m 12 to 1 a.m 6 to 7 12 noon to 1 p.m 6 p.m to 7 p.m four times a day minimum of one hour pray sometimes i say i pray just in tongues sometimes i pray in my understanding sometimes i do it i do it with food sometimes i do it, I do it fasting depending on how i feel these are reps and sets so the day i need my strength that's not the day that i start saying oh let me declare a three-day fast no i don't need to shout i don't need to scream at the devil no i can easily speak knowing i'm pulling from a place that is full all right i'm telling you these things not so that you i'm telling you this so that you know the things that i do when i feel like i need to build strength those are practical things and some of them i will not share with you so that you don't end up in an emergency room somewhere um yeah, but it's true. I, one time I was fasting, I ended up in the hospital in Brampton. <laughs> true story. So not advisable. Don't try this at home. All right. But the truth of the matter is the spiritual disciplines matter. It matters. Praying in tongues is very important. The Bible says this about praying in tongues. First Corinthians 14 and verse 4. That he who speaks in tongues, he who speaks in a tongue, edifies himself. That means to build up yourself. So when you pray in tongues, you are actually building up yourself. That's like you're at the gym. That's what that is. So develop a habit of praying in tongues a lot. When you're at home, pray in tongues. Okay? When you're on the road, pray in tongues. There's nothing wrong with that. As you do that, there is something that's happening. You're building up. You're edifying, you're edifying yourself. But the Bible says here that prophesies, obviously, edifies the church. So when you prophesy, you're strengthening the church. When you pray in tongues, you're, you're strengthening yourself. Forgetting about your exercise regimen, your diet, forgetting about your growth, there are other things that could make a person spiritually weak or that would impact your spiritual health and by extension impact your spiritual impact your spiritual strength so like i said someone can be strong eating right fully worked out has six back and all that but if the person becomes sick in their body you realize that they become weak to walk up the stairs becomes a problem they lose strength there's something about sickness that zaps your strength all right, the things that you could do before, you can't do anymore. You just want to be in bed all day. You're just so weak. You're so tired. You who is like a, you know, gym buddy, you're a very excited person. You're overly, you know, you're now, obviously, because there is an external element that's been introduced into your system that is zapping or that is draining your strength. And it's very possible for the spirit of a man to also be sick. There are things that make your spirit unhealthy. There are things that make your spirit unhealthy. One of the things that makes your spirit unhealthy is grief a crushed spirit is a spiritual sickness that's why when people go through seasons of grief you must intercede for them you must raise prayers for them they, they are more more vulnerable than they've ever been when you go through, when you go through a season of grief so a crushed spirit you go through heartbreak anything that crushes your spirit exposes you spiritually it's a spiritual sickness you might be someone who's been praying fasting all the time you know but when something touches you and touches you that way in that moment, in that moment, you're not going to be spiritually strong. I can assure you. It's, it's like a sickness, like I said. You have biceps, but you're on the hospital bed. You've seen people who are bodybuilders and die of sickness. I hope you know that. And sickness can kill. Irrespective of your diet, irrespective of your exercise, irrespective of your, your age or all that stuff. So there are things that can zap, that can zap your strength. And that is, for example, a crushed spirit. Tragedy, grief, heartbreak, rejection. Those things that grieve a person's soul would expose you, will make you spiritually sick, and will zap your spiritual strength. And so you need to quickly, quickly seek help and support, all right, when you're going through those kinds of seasons. That's why I ask people all the time, have a group of people you pray with. No man is an island. You can't, can't say, oh, the angel of the Lord came to me last night, and Jesus walked into my room this morning, so I don't need people. Jesus needed people. You will Even Jesus asked his disciples, come, let's go and pray. Because my soul, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Do you remember that? Yeah. A crushed spirit will make you un unhealthy and it will zap your strength. And the, the reason why I know that the strength of Jesus was zapped when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane because of the emotional pain and, you know, sorrow that he was going through was because the Bible says God sent an angel to strengthen him. Yes, that's because he was weak in that moment. In that moment. So if you're going through, you've gone through grief, 
grab your friends let them be praying even if they all you guys even if you can't pray you're just in the, in the prayer meeting and you're quiet but they're praying with you it's important 10 minutes 15 minutes i remember one time i was going through a very 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 tough season it was a rough 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 season for me and i told a friend of mine i said hey you know what let's pray every day for 15 minutes that's all we do just in tongues we can't we have no prayer point i don't know what to pray but let's pray. so we'll get on the phone together 15 minutes we'll just pray in tongues 15 minutes every day every day every day every day until i felt my strength had come back to me all right be very deliberate about protecting your strength and rebuilding your strength when your strength is weak. Bitterness takes away your spiritual strength. Listen to me, and specifically this is for someone who's watching me right now. Bitterness against parents. Bitterness against parents. You're here, you're tongue-talking. You're faithful. You tithe. You love the Lord. You do everything you need to do. You have all the spiritual disciplines that you need to have, but you're still oppressed by devils. You don't know why. You fast. You fasted about this issue multiple times, but the truth is, the root of it is that there is something that's zapping your strength. It's bitterness. Unforgiveness zaps your strength. Those things make you spiritually sick. You need IV fluids. All right? You need intravenous fluids. You need... Bitterness is not healthy. It's not going to help your spirit at all. It exposes you. It's actually one of the most dangerous things that a Christian can have is bitterness. It exposes you so badly and most times, after you've been thoroughly victimized, because sometimes you have legitimate reasons to be bitter about something, someone really hurt you. That will never stop the enemy from taking advantage of your of your of your wounds or of your spiritual health issue. No, as a matter of fact, he's excited. He's an opportunist. So when the Bible says, "Give the devil no room," we're not ignorant of his devices. Make sure you deal with anything that deals brings bitterness to your heart or unforgiveness. And of course, the third, third thing is sin. Sin weakens the spirit. So you can go to the gym. You can speak in tongues you can be a fasting faster you can be a prayer warrior you can be a copious consumer of the word of god you can have spiritual disciplines you can have a balanced diet but if you are living in sin i'm talking about that you fell into sin you are living in sin sin zaps your energy your strength as a matter of fact sin weakens on all fronts sin will weaken your discernment Sin will take your joy. Sin will take your peace. It will weaken your strength. Sin is a destroyer on every front. So repent. Alright? Repent. Don't take the Lord for granted. Don't live a life that says one thing and does another thing. I'm not asking you to be a legalistic person. I'm not saying that you, no one, that we're all perfect or anything of that nature. I'm saying living in sin. You become comfortable in it. It's going to zap your strength. It's going to zap your strength. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.